Welcome to Sleepy Hollow. Welcome to Sleepy Hollow Podcast, a podcast all about the Fox TV show Sleepy Hollow. My name is Sarah. I'm joined as always by Abby. Hello. Hello. But we have again another special guest with us, uh, Nicole. Hi. Hi. So, Nicole, tell us a bit about yourself and how you got into Sleepy Hollow. Yes. Uh, well, first of all, thank you, ladies, for having me. I'm so excited to do this. I've been listening to former podcasts, and they are hilarious and great. Um, I am a screenwriter. Um, a screenwriter. I am a writer for Screen Spy, <laughs> um, covering Sleepy Hollow, um, just subbing uh, for Abby. Um, excited to do so. And then for iZombie, when it premieres um, this mid-season. And I got into Sleepy Hollow because I'm a huge Nicole Bahari fan. Um, I saw her in Shame um, by Steve McQueen and The Last Fall by uh, Matthew Cherry. And I just loved her. So when I saw that she was going to have a show on Fox, um, I got really excited. So I've been watching from the beginning. Excellent. I have also seen Shame. It is such a good film. So good. It's very good. so good. (laughs) <laughs> although I vividly remember because I took some of the housemates that I was living with uh, was in university or college at the time we went to see it and I just vividly remember naked Michael Fassbender <laughs> <laughs> don't know why don't know why um, I can't imagine why you remember that <laughs> <laughs> alright before we yeah. get off topic because I'm sure we could spend a while on that subject. Uh, let's dive straight in to our episode nine recap. So this was centered around the, the Mill sisters and their relationship with their mother, Laurie. So as a general overview, what did the both of you think of the episode? Let's start with Nicole. As a general overview, I thought... I was very satisfied um, to finally get the Mill sisters back, to get Jenny and Abby um, back working together and, and just allowing us to see that that sisterhood, that sister relationship, um, just that, like, emotional, the emotional growth and experiences, um, just to see that and, and have that again like we had in season one. It was, it, it felt so it felt like coming back to something so familiar. Um, and I loved seeing it again. Uh, the introduction of their mother, um, and the tension even created between the sisters. Um, I loved seeing that. I hope we get to see more of that. Um, and yeah, so I, I was really, I was really, I was very satisfied by, by, by the return of the mill sisters and, and Lori, um, making an appearance and also, um, Frank, <laughs> um, them working with Frank again. So I was, I was, uh, surprised and pleased overall by the episode. Yes, I agree. Um, we talked very, very briefly about it before, uh, we added you into the call, but 
very much an improvement on the last couple of episodes of this series, which we've made no secret of saying we're not a fan of. <laughs> so, Abby, what do you think about this episode? Um, I mean, all of what Nicole said, but also it was really great to see the writing be efficient again. I mean, it took 42 minutes to delve into a character's origins um, and do it uh, with sensitivity and with depth um, in a way that we haven't necessarily seen for other characters on the show. Um, we got backstory for both Jenny and Abby at the same time, the duality of being able to experience the relationship of, of Lori and the daughters through both women's eyes was fantastic. Mm -hmm. I really loved the way this episode fully allowed itself to be genre. It allowed itself to be supernatural. The, the flitting in and out the ghosts. Um, mm -hmm. It didn't feel contrived. It didn't feel B movie, um, but it wasn't, it also something, wasn't something that was super expensive to do, you know, it, but it felt very much in the genre. And I, and I sometimes feel like this show is trying to be so big that it forgets that it's really these little small things um, that make it feel very real. And we got a lot of that. Um, it was great to have Frank back. And it was, um, you know, I actually tweeted about this. I said, I think that Sleepy Hollow is like the golden child of action and feels. But when it comes to the middling stuff, developing in between that, it struggles. Um, and this episode was sort of it being all of those things again and sort of bringing the team back, um, which it's, I'm starting to notice as a pattern. It, it does that. It does the thing where it is really, really strong and then it's wiggly in the middle and then it gets really, really strong again. So it was good to feel like it was being strong again. Um, yeah. And, and there was, I felt like there was, um, a good balance of screen time. Uh, for the various plots that were going on, you know, it wasn't, it, there was one central story sort of eating up the screen time, but at the same time, it was something that hadn't been paid attention to for quite some time. It was something that had only been touched on and really needed addressed. So with that in mind, I felt like everything was very balanced in this episode. Yes, I agree. I liked that we were spending less time with some characters who have been more at the forefront the series like the Koreans because um, <clears throat> they've had a lot of screen time over the last couple of episodes more so than perhaps we feel they maybe deserved so it was nice to see them sort of fall away and get to look at the Mill sisters in much greater depth and sort of thinking about that and um, one of the first big things we see is Jenny's last encounter with her mother sort of being dragged away screaming and shouting and I was wondering what you thought about this idea of perhaps, because we know Jenny ended up a period of time in Terrytown, and we hear Abby talking later in the episode about feeling that she was kind of destined to end up crazy because her mother was. Do you think there's an element of self-fulfilling prophecy for, well, perhaps Jenny, thinking that, well, if the mother's crazy, then it's only a matter of time before it's me and Abby. Hmm. Um, you know, I've actually considered that more for Abby. Abby's fear of becoming her mother. 
Um, I, it, it was interesting because you have that, we saw that aspect of Jenny being very afraid of her mother um, and what her mother could do. But in past episodes, when they were talking about who their mother was, Jenny was very defensive of this positive image of Lori uh, versus Abby, who sort of held this very negative one. Um, so, yes, I, I do think that perhaps Jenny has thought about it. We haven't really spent any time with her as a character focusing on this. I think that would be fantastic. I would love if this show, like, did things where, like, Skins did, where each episode was sort of concentrated on a different character, and we got to spend some time in their headspace and see things through their eyes, um, because I think all the entire ensemble is very interesting. Um, because I do think that might be something we could explore with Jenny. I think that's something that is um, it's a valid interpretation of what was going on. Um, and now I sort of wish we had more time <laughs> other than that 42 minutes to explore it. Um, because like I said, that duality of she did love her mother. She had a very positive image of her mother, but she also has this, there's this parallel and you know that Jenny is totally aware of it. She's, she's totally acknowledging it. Um, and the fear of this thing eating them alive, you know, is, which ironically is happening to the cranes and they don't realize it. Um, but uh, that, that fear is very real for her and very tangible. Um, yeah, I definitely think so. Yeah. Yeah. And we actually got an anon from, uh, our Tumblr for this episode and it sort of, it talks about whether or not we think, uh, Abby or sorry, not Abby, Laurie was a good mother. Here was the anon. I was wondering if you guys thought Laurie was a good mom. It's clear she loves her daughters and did all she could to protect them the way that she knew how. But on the flip side, she created an environment of pretty constant fear and paranoia in a place where they should have felt safe. Just curious to hear your thoughts on this. Not an easy question to answer. No, not at all. Um, yeah. I'm inclined to say that uh, Lori, in the episode, she says, she talks about how the demons tried, I mean, even to come get Abby, um, to take Abby away. And so uh, with that information in mind, you know, her her saying, you know, keep your head up and your eyes open and don't trust anyone. Yes, that like, you know, that created fear um, probably in the girls and, and a lot of mistrust they have for others. But at the same time, like I, I I'm not a mother, but I really imagine that your number one goal is to keep your children safe. And if that means equipping them with information like there are demons out there who are going to try to kidnap you and she you know Lori like knew the path that the demons were were would, would take knew that they were looking at looking for Abby um you know she had planned out which path they should take home you know don't deviate from that do what I say um so I I took that as um Lori doing the best job that she could and I I would consider I would absolutely consider her a good mother um I think having a conversation with your children like you know I I, I was almost like you know Lori I wonder if if there was a way that she could have explained what was happening to them maybe without using the word demons you know because it's like in some ways she was she was asking them to understand all of these fantastical things that they couldn't, 
Um, and so the, the argument would have been made, oh, well, why didn't she just tell them? It's like, well, Lori is explaining to them in full detail what's going on. It's just that she sounds insane. Um, but no, I would, I would say that she was um, an excellent mother and, and did everything by being honest and protecting them and equipping them with knowledge um, uh, to keep them safe. Yeah, I would agree. I think on paper, from an outside perspective, no. But given what we know about what was going on, I think in the circumstances, yes, she did absolutely everything that she could. And it's just a really unfortunate side effect that it meant that the girls were afraid of her at times and worried about what they were coming home to every day from school. I think that was interesting because I don't I don't know about your relationships with your mothers but you know at least me now uh it's not always perfect but now and especially when I was young there's this feeling that there's a just innate trust um in our mothers and to the point where sometimes yes it could be harming us <laughs> like and, and we're not old enough to understand that this is not a safe situation. Um, and you're dealing with a, a woman who is perceivably to the rest of the world mentally ill, but is in reality not. And when these girls were young, the idea of her, I don't even know if she would have had to have changed the word demon. I think that when we are young, we believe what our parents tell us because they are, the filter between us and the world. They are how we see things. They are how we learn. And if she had done this while they were young, perhaps they would have believed her. Now, as they got older and they were more exposed to the rest of the world, they may have had doubts. But this is this is the subject of faith, right? This is Abby's big test. This is really every, every character's big test um, in different ways. The idea of do we believe in something that we can't necessarily see? Um, I think that there wasn't really anywhere else for Lori to go. I think some people might say, well, you could have given her to another family, Abby and Jenny to another family. But the reality is the safest place was with her, as Nicole pointed out. She was the only one that knew what was going on. Um, and they would have been essentially more exposed uh, had they gone somewhere else because the other people wouldn't have known what to do. Um, so the best place to hide is in plain sight. And so I think that they did, as all of these characters right now are trying to do, and has, as we've seen Abby try to do, they are working with the circumstances and trying to do the best they can with what they have. Um, and I don't know, I... Lori went through a lot for her daughters and, and they acknowledged at the end of the episode that there was a long line of people who went through a lot. And that is sort of the sacrifice of their job. Everybody has a role and that's the sacrifice. And it's not easy being the savior. <laughs> being Jesus is not easy. Um, I'm sure Jesus would have said that. Uh, so, you know, I, I very much do believe in, and what Lori tried to do. It wasn't, perfect but she did the best that she could and she was for me a good mother yeah and i'm i'm sure we'll talk about it towards the end but i got 
very emotional during the bit where they're breaking down the plaster and they see all this wonderful artwork that Laurie had done whenever she was in Terrytown of the two girls and I just kind of teared up a little well no full on cried uh, let's be honest <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah that was such an emotional scene for me I just I will never I will never forget that imagery it was just I thought it was great direction to have I mean for the first few for the first few, I'd say it was probably just seconds, not minutes, but it felt like minutes. Um, you just have Abby and Jenny, just the two of them pulling down these walls, like pulling down this plaster to reveal this beautiful piece that their mother has done. Um, and it just it just felt like this imagery of like them just fighting to get to her, to get to her, the truth about her, to learn just a little bit more about her, literally to learn where her headspace was, you know, like what was she thinking about? What was her priority? What, even in this place where she was supposed to, you know, they were saying, oh, she's not well, even then what was on her mind, her children, her daughters. Um, and that, that was just such beautiful imagery for me. Um, these these daughters just trying to uncover and reveal and get closer to to the truth about their mother, um, and kind of peel back these layers and and whatever barriers are keeping are keeping them from each other. Um, and I I just I just loved that. Um, I thought it was I will say I thought it was very interesting. Um, that that was followed by a bit of a, a a traumatic flashback for Jenny, um, but I'll let you guys talk about talk about the mural scene before I go there. Um, I think I mean I teared up, and I teared up for a number of reasons. I mean. I, there was a lot of this that I felt very close to in indirect ways. A lot of this episode that I felt very close to. Um, and, and that was part of it. But there's also this recurring theme on the show of the love of a mother. And all we keep seeing is a bitter Jeremy and an Abby who, who believed that her mother abandoned her. And there's just this, there was this heaviness that was over it. And, it's this reality. It's it's the veil. It's sort of like the removal of innocence where we have this idea. We build our parents up to be this thing, whatever it is. Some people build them their parents up to be monsters. Some people build them up to be heroes. Um, but we don't actually always know them in a way that is honest. And you these two Jenny and Abby these two girls who felt lost and abandoned and had been through all of these trials are are literally ripping away their perceptions of who their mother was she spent what was it seven months in this room where she could have literally lost her mind it, the walls were bare they were falling apart it was a physical representation of what they saw their mother as and they're ripping it away and what they're seeing is that essentially everything even through Lori's darkest parts, they were her light. She did everything that she did was for them. And there's this, like I said, this, obviously this renewed sense of faith, this theme of the love of a mother. Sometimes we do things. And I think that when we look at 
the way that Katrina's storyline was written in season one, this is what it should have invoked. When she gave Jeremy up, this is what it should have invoked. And it didn't. It was like, we hate Katrina because she left her son and she lied to her husband. But she did all of these things to protect the people that she cared about. And this is the way they wrote this with Lori and in this physical manifestation of the mural was so beautiful and Mm -hmm. so on point that I was just like... Wow, like they're Sleepy Hollow doing the thing, like doing the thing that I know it can do. And it was a really, really beautiful moment for all of the characters involved in this. I just, it was fantastic. Can I, I just want to say one more thing because I was listening to your previous podcast um, and you guys, and I also have been like, Holly, you got to get on board. Um, but I also, I appreciated in what I was just reminded of when you said all the characters, um, Holly does help them pull away the, the plaster for a few moments. And I thought, yes, good. Like you're, do, you're being helpful. Um, you know, you're not trying to take over, you know, he like was happy to hold the, the, um, the flashlight and just kind of be supportive. Um, yeah. which is what, it, you know, not take the spotlight, not be the sunshine, but like, Yes. Let girls like focus on it. It was about them. Um, And even when he helped a little bit, it was just for a few seconds. And then he backed away and continued to just hold the light. And I thought that was, I thought that was exactly how much I wanted him to be involved. And I, so I thought that was also perfect just for him and his character. For me personally, the bit that got me the most was, Whenever they initially, Abby, I think, starts to pull away, she turns around and looks at Jenny whenever she sees that there's this something underneath. And just the emotion on Nicole Bahari's face just, mm-hmm. oh, it just mm-hmm. hit me. And then, then they start breaking it down and it has lovely background music as well, sort yeah. of hopeful and... <laughs> With yeah. the, the theme of You Are My Sunshine, which started yeah. off in the beginning as very sinister because we have the sort of dream state of mm-hmm. Abby in purgatory with her mother singing that song in a very eerie way. But then mm-hmm. that it's this huge, big, positive thing it turns into. I just, I, I, it really got me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we mentioned Holly uh, very briefly there, and I don't know if either of you picked up on it, but whenever he comes to bring Korean the soup, and he says that he knows what Abby and Jenny have seen on the CCTV footage, that they've seen the ghost of the mother, which to me, if Abby didn't tell him that, then the only other option is Jenny, which means Holly is still in very close contact with Jenny because that's quite a personal thing I would feel for Jenny to have told him that we've seen the ghost of our mother on a security which just makes me roll my eyes because they're still pushing this triangle that I really want them to stop pushing it was it was weird during the episode (laughs) I I well, I you mentioned Nicole. Like I was literally thinking the same thing during that mural sequence. Like I was literally like, he is doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing. Like, do Don't not do anything more than this because this is not about you. But at the same time, it still felt his presence felt weird. 
um, in this episode. Like I, I feel like he was much better integrated. I will give him that. But mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. I was constantly reminded of as all of these wonderful, touching things were happening, and I was like, "This is beautiful. This is exactly what the show should be." Um, I kept thinking, like, every time something would happen, he'd be like, Mills! And I'd be like, but there's Jenny there. And, like, you're, it was just, I didn't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I was, so I, so I'm thinking, I'm thinking back on that, on the, on the scene when he brings, when he brings the, the, the soup and the coffee. Um, and even, again, thinking about him, they're, they continue to make him, this because he says like oh i'll invoice you and so they continue to make his character all in that way it was still like all about the money you know it's like you've been through quite a few um you know creepy scary end of world demons with this crew now like and you're still thinking about how you can get paid or like the writers still think we they need to characterize him as someone who needs to get paid um, and it's all about the money. And I think that it's just doing it's just doing a disservice um, because I actually felt like him bringing the soup and the coffee, like show, like not showing up empty handed to <laughs> to this powwow. I thought that was great. I was like, good, like you're being useful um, <laughs> and, and, and not in and not in a self-serving way. You know, it was just like giving yeah. like you realize, you know, that Crane is sick. He needs some help. You were doing you were being thoughtful. You know that Abby needed some coffee. She hasn't been sleeping all week. Great. But then he says, like, I'll invoice you. And I'm just like, that was a line that was unnecessary um, because it, again, put distance. It just showed that, like, you're not here. You're not here because you're a witness. You're not here because you care about the witness. You're you're just here. You're just around to get paid. And that was a really frustrating um, line for me. Um, Sarah, you're right. I didn't pick up on the fact that... Um, he said he had seen the CCT footage and, and that meant that Jenny, I, that, that I didn't, I was just like, I wonder how that happened. I wonder how he saw, I wonder how he knows. And it didn't, it didn't, it just didn't occur to me um, that it would be Jenny who told him. Um, but that's a very interesting, that's an interesting detail. In Holly's defense, I'll say this. Um, I think that when we look at him, and this idea of he keeps saying, I'll invoice. This is sort of him going through the same. There are things about him that remind me of Jenny. And then there are things about him that remind me of Abby. And I feel like <laughs> they're, they're already like planning to give this character screen time to develop this for us to see this. And I feel like that's what's happening is this build. Mm-hmm. And that Holly is, he is not used to being attached to people and sort of breaking down that wall. Okay. Oh God. Okay. So Jenny allows him to feel free and unattached, you know, and and the rhythm that he's had Mm -hmm. and Abby sort of helps break this wall down. Um, And so there's this, this active I'll invoice you is to, Oh, to be like, oh, the wall's slipping. Let me put it back up. Let me put it back um, up. And so what we're watching is actually a relationship developing. And Ooh. it's very subtle. And it's the way they did a lot of stuff with Igabod in season one. And it's, and it's I sort of like that. Okay. Um and and I th- and like I and I told Sarah, it was probably the last two podcasts. I would like Holly. I would like him. I would like Holly. 
if he was not attached to Jenny. I think that I like the way that they are subtly developing him and Abby and this idea that they are both sort of like nomadic people who have attachment issues, but they need people at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that would be really lovely to sort of watch develop, but no, but because you had a thing with Jenny, Exactly. you know, I just, I don't, I, I and, and like I said, and I'll say this time and time again, I don't know why they made that choice. I think that was such a poor choice and that will follow that character. <laughs> no right. matter what happens, it will follow him and it will be that thing that everybody goes, well, no, I can't. Right like him because of the thing (laughs) and i think that's sad i despite my uh, my feelings and what i think he is beginning to grow on me and i hate myself for saying it because i do too (laughs) (laughs) what you hate me or you hate the show (laughs) (laughs) but not from the like what they're doing with him and abby i really like what they're doing with him and crane can we talk about when he brings the suit wait wait i want to talk about how i have never felt more connected to Igba crane than i do when it comes to holly because every time that that man holly comes in the room Igba's face his eyeballs when holly enters the room with the soup i was like i make that face i make that face about this show about the crane drama and i was like Igbad, we understand each other we have we have a connection here like, is, did this man walk into this room? Who is this man? And why is this man here? Who let him in? Like, it's the... <laughs> this is the sort of thing, and I just, I've said this before, that I really liked about Ichabod and Luke, that there was this sort of, like, side-eye thing constantly going on, this push-pull of, do I even want you here? <laughs> like, no, not really, but somebody else here wants you here. So, we'll bargain. Yeah. Yeah. We'll meet in the middle. But yeah, there's there's this funny aspect to the relationship, that antagonistic thing going on that is really <laughs> very funny to watch. And how Crane pleaded with, like, how he continues to be like, Abby, you don't need him. Why would you call him? You have me. Like, I, I actually, I really, really love that because it's been consistent, him consistently being like, uh, I am enough for you, Abby. Which is <laughs> You know, it's like him being like, I am enough. And then like he goes, you know, it pulls out his little, you know, his map, you know, and he's like, yeah, I've he's been like, doing some research even though I've been ill, you know. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Those are those are great moments. I also loved whenever he, um, he was so wary of the soup and then he started drinking it and he almost hated himself for liking it. <laughs> because Holly had brought it. it was because like, Holly had brought it. Exactly. <laughs> like, is us right now. <laughs> oh, one second, guys. Hello. I don't know about you, but I was dancing to that. I'm going to go shake my booty in the chair. (laughs) That's really funny. I was like, my ringtone isn't nearly as festive. (laughs) I was like, I need to work on that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. 
I'm sorry, guys. I am taking care of my mother right now. And it's there's phones and there's machines and my apologies. No, no worries. No worries. We both thought your ringtone was amazing. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Jump back to what we were talking about. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. Okay. I saw this brilliant post on Tumblr where someone called Holly um, uh, the show's dollar store Indiana Jones. Mm. And it was just like, yep. I like that. <laughs> Dollar Store Indiana Jones. Yeah. Um, he is. I feel like I really do feel like Ichabod is like us. He's the fandom. Like, there are things about Holly that (laughs) we are starting to like, but none of us want to admit it. Like, we're like, no, go away. We don't like you. No. Mm -mm. Leave. You're not no because we know what he's doing, what he's there for. What they're exactly because we know what he's there for, and that just makes us like once it's like, oh, that was really great. You bought some soup, and it's nice that you were around. And then it's like you remember. Mm, eventually, <laughs> eventually, they're going to make. They're go, we're going to come upon this triangle business, and it's going to be put in our faces. And then we just roll our eyes again, and we're like, oh, Holly, go away. Why are you here? Here, yeah. And you've yeah. said it before on the show. There's nothing he brings that can't be done by Jenny. I mean, Jenny could have brought the coffee and the soup. Mm-hmm. I mean, girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. There's nothing. There's like, and when I said that, like, at least with Luke, there was that whole integration thing. It was the history with Abby, like finding out who Abby was, him being this out, this reluctant outsider. Like Holly is just he's like all of the things, but like none of the things at the same time. He's yeah. all of the things, but all of the things don't really matter. No, no. <laughs> right, right. Like exactly like they're not right. Like we had that history with Luke and Abby. And with Holly, it's just like, you're some dude. So they're making him have all the things, but it's not founded in any, it doesn't have to, he doesn't have to be there. There's no, he's not inter, he's, he's not integral. Um, but, um, (laughs) yeah, I mean, I, uh, gosh, Holly. The only way I can see him being useful or is in the terms of, Jenny's backstory and finding out a bit about what Jenny's mm-hmm. like away from her sister. However, yes. they're not doing that, and the fact that they're trying to put him on Abby now right. without having visited the backstory with Jenny is just like, nah, nah, you did that all wrong, and we're not going to forgive you. I absolutely agree. I expected that that backstory for Jenny is exactly what I expected Holly to give us. When when Jenny showed up at the boathouse, right? Like I thought, oh my gosh, we're gonna learn all. We're going to see. We're going to see like how that relationship happened. Like where did they meet? Um, what can he tell us? What does he know about Jenny that we don't know? That's where I thought it was going to go. Yeah, but then yeah, it and then it, it went. It just abandoned all of that. 
and and focused his attention on Abby. And I was like, mm, but you're if we're going to talk about like what you're doing here, your connection, how you can be integral to this. It's absolutely um, to shine. Yeah, Jenny. Yeah. And and we were talking about this. We were talking about Abby, Nicole, and I were talking about Abby and the idea of Abby being in relationships and what we're used to seeing for female characters and what we're not used to seeing. And one of my favorite female characters is actually Zoe Washburn. And sort of this, I have this belief, <laughs> this innate belief that you can have a female character who has total agency while also being in a relationship. Because one of the things that I really loved about Zoe was that when we saw Zoe, she was like this tough, she was very black female trope, right? She was this tough girl mm-hmm. in the lead. like. But when she was with her husband, Wash, mm-hmm. there was this whole other side of her that was soft and it was nurturing and it was passionate. And like, and I looked at that and I went, yes, that is what, that is what a male character should do for a lead female character. That is, we should, when they're in relationships, that's what I want to see. And it can be the inverse. We can see her be nurturing and soft and then be in a relationship and be like super hurt and like in control. And, you know, it doesn't, (laughs) Mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter, but the purpose of, because women act this way for, for men, um, and, and shows they expand our understanding, our backstory and, and the personality of the male character. Holly mm-hmm. could have done this for Jenny. Luke right. could have done this for Abby. Right. And, and right. we're sitting here. Why isn't this happening? <laughs> because this would be, I mean, scenes, small scenes. It, it doesn't take very much, you know, to get yeah. this. Yeah. This de- this kind of development that would be so- I mean everybody would love this everybody would love this you know so I just I don't know I don't know what the show's doing sometimes sometimes like you are so on point other times I'm like whoo you <laughs> that was a huge <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. so we we saw the nurse sort of our villain ghost this angel of mercy nurse that was killing a whole lot of people and one of the people she attempts to course into suicide is. Frank. Now, luckily, we see that he's rescued in time and it doesn't affect him. However, what I want to know is, do you think he actually would have drowned? Because he does not belong to himself. He belongs to Moloch and Henry. Huh. Oh. I wasn't that worried about him at any point because I knew he was either going to be rescued by Ichabod Nabi or... Not Ichabod in this case. Well, he was there. He was just ill uh, <laughs> by, by the gang. Or mm-hmm. that he was going to die and Henry would be like, no, 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 no. You can't die. You can't commit suicide. You're mine. Right. Excellent. Do you think he would have, like, turned into the monster? Do you Ooh. think, like, it would have been, like, Andy where he died and then came back as something else? Like, because that's worst fear ever. Because then there's really no saving Frank at all. Which right. makes dying like would that can't happen because <laughs> then he's really gone right That's i don't know i wasn't thinking about that that he um that he would have been moloch possibly could have said no you're i'm i'm still used for you yeah so that was just interesting and we f- we finish off the episode with frank escaping <gasps> Terry Town, and I'm so happy because it means he's going to be in the show more 
and we've missed him. We've missed him so much. Oh my gosh, that scene where you know they're walking, they're sitting in that little that common that common room uh, in in Terrytown, and they're like brainstorming. And Abby's like, "Sir, you know, I have to ask, you know," Um, and I just thought, and he says, "You know, I didn't kill those people." you know, and I and I to protect my daughter, I would do all of this again. Uh, and Jenny makes that that quip, you know. Um, I was just like, yes, yes, thank you. This is what I have been waiting for. This is it. Um, and and then when he when he popped out of the woods, I was like, no questions asked. I have no questions. Just get in the car. Like just get in the car. <laughs> get in the car and go away. <laughs> They took time to explain how he got out, but I was like, I don't even care at this point. Like, he's out. Like, that's how, I mean, that's, I mean, literally plot holes. I'm literally co-signing a plot hole because that is how (laughs) it's the character. Like, that is, what is going on with that? Um, Yeah, and this whole, he's out. But, like, let's think about what that does for Abby because Abby has Holly, who's, like, totally a criminal. Jenny, who's being Hawkeye watched by the police department and Reyes. We have um, Ichabod, who's also being sort of Hawkeye because he's this weird guy, you know, this historian they keep using. Um, and weird stuff keeps happening when he's around. Like, this is the team. And and Abby is, is charged with somehow covering for everybody. Like, I can't imagine how stressful that would be. Right. Right. She's yeah. got too much on her plate. Like, and she's supposed to. She's supposed to. There's supposed to be two witnesses, right? Yeah. Did you well, see? The, did, did anyone see the promo for next week's episode? No. Tell me. Yeah. Tell uh, there's me. there's just one scene where Abby's standing in front of, and it looks like she's going to have to uh, recite a spell or an incantation or work her way out of something. And Ichabod just goes, you've kind of along lines of, it's all right, you've got this, and just closes the door and leaves her there. It's like, no, 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 no. This is supposed to be a 50-50 split. Why is Abby doing 95% of the work? You know, which brings me back to, like, a scene that I didn't, if I can talk about that, a scene that I didn't like, and I know they meant it in a joking way and Abby brushed it off, but I was actually really angry when Ichabod um, was like, when he like lost his temper um, and, you know, was like just trying to defend, you know, um, Katrina's choice to go back. Like, what was she supposed to do? Um, And when he kind of snapped at her and Abby just brushed it off, like he just needs some rest. He's just angry and irritable. But I was like, I was was so angry with that, with that. I was like, they keep doing that. They keep doing that. And I really wish they would stop it's, doing that. Like it's he's just being insufferable, you know? And um I, I, I know that I know that they had Abby brush it off, so I'm supposed to brush it off as well, but No. No. I mean, look, but, I am you know all about my being human love and my Sally and Aiden love. Um and there are other relationships on that show, I love, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because I didn't really have it or I had it in very small doses. But I love the relationship of where the guy just sort of like 
cares for the girl. Like, and it's not, sometimes it develops into this romantic thing because they're like, we need each other. We, you know, are sort of like the other half of each other. We balance each other out, but it doesn't always have to be that thing. And I just, I love to see, I, cause I don't see it. I don't see enough healthy relationships where, where men aren't snapping mm-hmm. at their female partners, mm-hmm. like where it's justified, uh, particularly when there isn't romance involved. Like, I just, right. and it bothers me. It bothers me that she acts as the emotional punching bag, you right. know, like, and I feel like, like, I feel like, I feel like they're in a contract. Like Ichabod, she takes care of you. You're supposed to take care of her. This is not what that encompasses. Right. Like, even if you are sick and irritable, like you don't, like, I just thought that was another scene that was just. It was just, again, like creating fric- unnecessary friction and tension friction. between the two yeah. of them and then between me and them, <laughs> you know, right. me and the show. I'm like, why? Like, that was that was just so unnecessary. Like, she has tucked you in. Like, she has, <laughs> like, Hashtag just- Abby Mills deserves better. Oh, gosh. Like, <laughs> and. I've seen it, and I think that I think some people are like, I don't want to see it at all. And I'm actually okay with seeing Ichabod snap at Abby. What I'm not okay with is not seeing him, not seeing him check himself, or the mm-hmm. show check him. That's yeah. one of the things that I loved about Aiden Wait. And I'm starting to realize I'm developing a relationship with Ichabod very much like I had with Aiden of being human, and that I hate you, but if anybody says bad shit about you, I'll punch them in the face. <laughs> like, and you know, it's. Aiden always got what was coming to him. That was one of the things that I loved about this. He never got away with anything. And I was like, okay, like, yes, we're going to make bad choices, but you know what? We're going to have to deal with those bad choices. We're going to hurt people that we care about, but you know what? That's going to come back and we're going to have to deal with that. It it, it never comes back. I was going to just ask you, I'm going to say, do you think that it comes back? No, no. I call my wife a slut. Never comes back. I yell at my partner, never comes back. Mm-hmm. You know, I do whatever I want and it causes a ripple effect of harm and it never comes back. And I just yeah. want to know <laughs> at what point is Ichabod, other than the angsty, my son doesn't love me and my wife is living with another man. Like, I don't think that's coming back. I think that's melodrama. No. No. <laughs> you know, it's unnecessary drama that you're creating. It's when Ichabod looks at what he said and he goes, you know what? I'm getting out of hand. Yeah, there I'm was sorry. there could have been a little moment of him being like, Miss Mills, thank you so much. You know, like, thank you so much for taking. There could have been some some dialogue that acknowledged that he was being a little shit and that he he's sorry about it, you know? Yeah, I've done it before. You know, he's been like, like in 105, you know? And he's freaking out and he's about to die. And he's like, and she saves him. And he's like, thank you for believing in me. Like, yeah. thank you for, like, yes, of course. <laughs> You know, like, it's not like I wouldn't forgive Ichabod. It's that you never give him a chance. (laughs) You never give him a chance to forgive him. So I'm just like, you're a cranky-ass old man, and somebody should punch you in the nose. Preferably Abby. Preferably Me. Me. And (laughs) no one else. No one else talks shit about Ichabod. (laughs) Well, before we wrap it up, I think there's one big sort of bit that we sort of haven't talked about yet because we've talked about 
the Mill sisters and their mother at length. We've talked about Holly and why we don't like him. We've talked about Ichabod being a shit. But I think the last bit is Katrina and the demon baby storyline. <clears throat> Let's start at the beginning, whenever she's bitten. Because although the story develops and changes, we don't have any resolution for this like skin condition that's growing all over her. So what do you think is happening to Katrina? So I thought... I was like, well, is he is he literally sucking the life out of her? Like, is is whatever he's his this bite is that somehow just like is next week or when he's like some like maybe an adult? Like, is that are we going to see Katrina like wilted away? <laughs> like, is she gonna be like ninety years old or something? Like, is he literally sucking the life out of her in order to grow? Um, or- Magic out of her, or what? Or is he sucking magic out of her? <gasps> oh, like they don't have an actual blood bond until he takes her blood. And I'm like, can we can we just stop handing demons the tools they need to beat us? <laughs> like, <laughs> can we can we not do? That? I mean, because literally, and she's aware of it. Like, she notices it, and she's like, something's happening, you know? Um, I don't know, But maybe that's why she couldn't complete the spell, because he was taking her magic? Could, it could be, like, again, and Katrina being this physical vessel for every demon and man on this show, it's literally getting uncomfortable. Like, yeah. Like, it's uncomfortable. She's, like, she's literally a physical... Va- and the thing is, like, we can see this with Frank. We're not seeing it with Frank. We're just sort of using right. Katrina as this thing. Right. Literally, right. physically, physically, we are sucking the, <laughs> the life out of her so that she can sustain a male, a male plot line. <laughs> right. <laughs> when you put it and like I, that. Yeah, that's not good. It's not good. I, I mean, I'm glad that she's aware. I'm glad you're not like we don't have to be another week like oh my god Katrina girl get it together and also I love yeah and I love that she tried to do something about it I was like good like that that made me feel like okay well she's she's not completely uh, under you know she hasn't this her her love her mother what she feels the maternal instinct to care for this child hasn't completely taken over uh, her common sense and she she tries to tries to combat this, um, but but it didn't work, and so I was disappointed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, you know, I was it last week when um, when Katrina was reciting um, a spell, and then something happened to her, uh, and then Abby had to finish it. Like, I guess I want to see, I mean, Katrina, I want them to let her win. Is that crazy to say? Like, I want her to have a successful, do something successfully. Yeah. Agency. I want want that for her, you know? Like, I like, 
even like there was that dumb not I shouldn't say, there was that scene it could have been a different scene where Katrina was winning instead of like her caring about watching um reality television you know episodes of reality television it could have been her like researching different um different spells and things or figuring out how to make her witch power stronger you know like the, she could be doing so much she could be so much more powerful um than the show allows her to be and i think that is frustrating for me it's very i think it's frustrating for a lot of people um and it's just it puts it puts the character and it puts viewers in a weird place and it puts yeah. the character in a weird place i mean i don't know i just i feel like everyone else is kind of allowed to um show that they can have that they can be of equal power to the monsters you know like the team is allowed to overcome these monsters and they're allowed to win but katrina is never allowed to show that she is as strong as powerful as cunning as as effective against against um henry and and moloch she's never allowed to to show that she's that she's um uh, an equal competitor, you know? She doesn't Unless she's flirting. all the time. All the time, but she needs to win sometimes. Unless she's flirting. Right. She's she's manipulative when she's showing some cleavage. <laughs> um which is like <laughs> not you enough. Can do it's a thing. You can make that a thing, but when it comes to I'm gonna resurrect this monster to help my team out, and oops, I right. just fainted out. Like, right. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, okay, fine. Like, you're going to, okay, because I was like, well, okay, so she picks up the child that's wonderful. Like, Henry, you know, doesn't suspect her. Great. Um, and then she, you know, she realizes she has this, this, whatever the skin condition is, this, whatever. Um, and she, and I was like, okay, well, she's a witch, so she's going to figure out how to counteract it. Excellent, awesome. Look at her being proactive, and then it doesn't work. And you know, and I was like, oh, so she's ground up all this stuff. She's done it, and now and now she's been foiled yet again. Womp womp. Yeah. <laughs> what do we feel about Henry's side eye? <laughs> Henry's. Like whenever she's comforting the baby and it's sort of snuggling up to her, Henry is not very happy looking. And I wanted to know because I wrote down in my notes, is he play acting? Like, is he acting to make her see how sort of cut up and bitter he is, or was that actual real? I'm really unhappy with watching you be all emotional with this baby. I mean, I think he really, I think deep down, you know, wants that, wishes that he could get some motherly love. Um, but I'm just so tired of Henry. <laughs> He's so, I, and I told you this, Sarah, I was watching this and he, and the scene made me laugh. I laughed hysterically. Like I had to pause it because I was laughing so hard. I literally wrote, Jeremy is salty as fuck. La, la, la. <laughs> what I wrote 
And I was like, that's hilarious. I wasn't even like, oh, poor Jeremy or poor Katrina. I was like, y'all are such a fucking hot mess. I cannot deal with you. Your, your soft moments, your emotional moments are comedic moments at this point. Like John Noble has nailed the bitter squint. He's yes. nailed it. Yeah. Like to a T. <laughs> like, and I'm just like, it's, you know, it's not even like, oh, I'm scared for the cranes because Jeremy's bitter. It's just like Jeremy is a giant troll baby. And this is hilarious. I don't, I don't know what to do with this. Is what I was like talking about overkill. Like, there's yeah. something about the cranes that they, I looked at this episode, I went, this was perfect. This is, look at the way that they did this origins. Look at the way they did these familial relationships like this is moving this is touching and then i went they don't know how to do this with the cranes <laughs> they have an inability to do this everything that they have with the cranes were like oh my god you're so bitter oh my god do i need to get you a tissue should you take a seat like oh we got another episode people are like more crane drama oh you know right. and like they've lost the ability to have these touching moments. You just yeah. end up being like exasperated or laughing hysterically. And I don't, I don't know. I, yeah. I'm, I am tired of Henry being bitter and the show telling me that I should feel bad about it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm just gonna be like, no. like, you need to get a life. You need to grow up and you need to get a life. Move on. <laughs> Right. <laughs> At this point. Like, you clearly, I mean, they're playing on, but does he want their love or does he not want their love? But right. if you're going to do all of that, you don't deserve their love at this point. Like, oh. it's not even about whether or not you're being mean to make them still fight for you. You're just mean. Mm -hmm. And I don't want nothing to do with you no more. Like, mm -hmm. go. Leave. Yeah. To the I left... I think we were done from day one of them trying to make him a sympathetic character. Yeah, I, I don't think a lot of people wanted that. I mean, I there were aspects of it that I thought they could have had moments. That there were moments where I'd have been like, this kid feels alone. He feels abandoned. And that hurts, right? And I can understand that. I, can, I have a personal... I understand that. But, like, when you're trying to kill your parents, uh, no right. thanks. Like... <laughs> You've like crossed the line. Like I'm, I'm no. That's a bitterness I will never understand. That will never be humanized. Like they never. I mean, they never even show him having a moment of weakness, real or a moment of, gosh, you know, I really just want them to love me. Like I think even when like he like burned up the crib or something. You know, I I've just had a flashback of like him just like not even shedding a tear or anything. It was like the crib burned up instead, you know? I was like, okay, well, he really is evil and committed to evil. Like, you keep telling, the cranes keep saying, um, you know, like, no, he, his soul is still there. We will have to rescue him. We have to fight for him. And he's like, no, no, I'm evil. I'm all evil. I'm 100% evil. I hate you, die. And I'm like, am I supposed to feel what you like? What do you like, want me to believe? Like, I'm gonna believe this character is just evil and trying to kill Abby. Um, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, right. like, he's just he burnt the crib. I laughed. He sat on the floor and cried. I laughed. <laughs> he bittered my demon baby. I laughed. Like you're a grown man. You're a grown man. You trying to kill your parents? Like be evil. 
if you're going to be evil, be be so excellent at it. Just be so excellent, dude. Um, and he just I don't know. But, but I do want to talk one more I'm thing so, that I wanted to discuss. Have to, do um, <laughs> to be honest, outside of that context, sorry. because I just it they've overkilled it. And I don't know I don't know how to reel it back in. I don't know how they would reel it back in. No, I don't. I just wanted to say one more thing. What did you guys think about the seance at the end? Oh, I cried. Oh, yeah. so much tears. It was, it was such so a beautiful. Be- it, yeah, beautiful is the word I was going to use. It, oh, and now that they kind of have this closure to their mother, right? Because they, they, I think a lot of their issues with Laurie was built from the fact that none of them had, had a chance to say goodbye. She was taken away from them as a child, locked away, and then they were told that she killed herself. Mm-hmm. So it was so much unfinished business mm-hmm. um not to say a pretty <sighs> things were left hanging i know that's a pretty morbid pun but things that literally and figuratively were left hanging in the air and they just couldn't move on they couldn't get closure on this woman who'd had such a big influence positive and negative on their life mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah, I, I was I was very I loved um, how Lori, you know, like had like left this journal behind that has secrets in it. Um, I love I love that yes. Abby was able to ask, um, you know, if, if her mother knew she was a witness and and she found out her mother tried to protect her. And and it was just, you know, and I, I, gosh, I just it was so beautiful for these for these girls who had these different memories of their mother and, you know, had to, um, you know, just, they had these different memories and they had to come together and find out the truth. And then they were able to um, hear it for, firsthand from their mother. And I thought, whoa, whoa, well done, Sleepy Hollow. Like all of that was fantastic. Um I want to know more about what what Jenny and and knowing how to put together a séance and um, and knowing how to recite all of that. I just I, now I have I just have questions. Um, again, I want to know more about Jenny. I'm back to I'm back to give me more. Give me more about Jenny. Um, and that séance really showed me. I feel that there's a lot to learn about her. Um, and 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 where she's been in her journey um, to bring her um, to where she is now. Um, I loved it. I cried. I was like, "This is beautiful." Um, and she's like fading away, like, and they're just like calling out to her, and I'm like, "Stop mm-hmm. it, Joe! You just <laughs> right now, just enough. I can't do this. <laughs> I'm not emotionally mature enough." <laughs> They handle my feelings about this. Um, I did want to, uh, while we're speaking about the sisters, I wanted to, <laughs> there was a couple things that I noted that I made comments about while I was watching. One of which was Tom has really nice hands. Um, <laughs> but then the other one was they changed the child actors for yes. Abby and Jenny again. Did you guys what notice you- that? Um... 
they were they different age? I think so. There were the there was like the girls in the when they were um or, or when they're when they were arrested was no when they were found in the woods right and they were at the interrogation right, right, right. So that was one age. I and think they then, were like teenagers, sort of early right, teens at that then, point. And then there was um there was the purgatory, right? There was the, the, the same girls as the forest. Those were the same girls. Okay. Um, and now these were younger girls, right? Like, I Young. felt these were much okay. younger. Okay. 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 That makes I just, sense. Yeah, being different, being very different ages. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yes. I loved it. I wish that Sleepy Hollow, it has this cyclical thing where it can start off really great and end really great. And in between, it's this weird hodgepodge of what the fuck is happening. <laughs> Um, I, I wish that sorry, go ahead. more episodes were nailed as well as this was. Mm-hmm. It's I, nice I to think... be reminded that they can do it, though. Because, yeah. let's be honest, episode 7 was quite an epic fuck-up. Girl. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I like... About episode. I don't acknowledge that episode existed. <laughs> we don't do that. We don't talk about that episode. <laughs> That's the no-no episode. <laughs> I just wish that they could find a way. Like, I felt this episode was so good because I did get Katrina and her baby. And I did get, you know, but I also got the 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 demon and the ghost. I got the supernatural. I actually, like, jumped. I, like, screamed, like, when when Abby was disappeared, you know? Like, they were in that room, and then, like, Abby was like, yeah. Mama she disappeared like that was so good to me I was like oh my god <laughs> like I was not expecting that to happen you know <laughs> so and then like when the nurse like came to Frank I was like you will not touch Frank you know what I mean like it was so good. <laughs> like all of the pieces were there you know and I was just like this is how they can balance the storylines this is you know like Holly had his time, Ichabod had his time, like everyone, and they were all working together, and there was the supernatural, and there was the funny, and there was the emotional, like, I'm like, I want them to see what they've done in this episode, and do it again, and again, and again, versus like, gosh, when they just fail so hard, um, but it's because they're that's... not doing this, you know, it's because they're not, they're not doing what they do so well, it's interesting because I feel the same way, but at the same time, Ichabod wasn't really in the episode. And that's what makes this so weird. Because, yes, he was there and he was comedic relief in the beginning, right? Right. But, and, and I mean, like, he had the map. He, like, was like, oh, I've got this map and, and this is probably why... Um, you know, Terrytown sits on these, whatever it's called. Yeah. But he was there for the seance? No, 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 he was. What I'm saying is, we've ta- I've talked about sort of what Ichabod does really, really well mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. show, and it's being comedic. It is providing the academic knowledge, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. intelligence base. Mm-hmm. And, like, he was doing that, and yeah. things felt right. Yeah. And when they take him out of that element... Something happened. <laughs> and I and I just I don't I think I'm coming to terms with the fact that when I when we started the show, I felt like everybody could be developed the same way equally. 
Yeah. But I feel like everybody literally like a team, like I've been saying that I really love and I sort of just have to accept this, that each character does something differently for the story mm-hmm. and that they won't all be developed the same way. Um, and then I just have to sort of be like, okay, so Ichabod is not, his family storyline is not going to get the sort of same treatment as Abby's is. That it's not going to move me in the same way. Um, because they serve different purposes. And that's a hard thing to sort of acknowledge when you're looking at this cast of characters, all of whom are very compelling. Um, and who you all relate to all of them. And it's just sort of as a viewer, me going, can I accept this reality? Can I accept what the show does well and accept what it can't do well? Um, and I don't know. I feel like that's a journey. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's a very personal journey that I have to take I'm struggling with how much how different they just the different ways that they treat like even just Ichabod and Katrina versus that relationship versus the Jenny Abby relationship versus just like Jenny Abby Frank relationship like I'm surprised at how I don't know it just feels like they've it's just they're just so different um they are in the way that they i don't know if it's a, it, the way that they write it or i i struggle with that because this was so good um and uh, and other episodes have have not have have lacked what was so good about this yeah yeah it's it it's a but also really great for abby and jenny because yay they got I, development yeah, <laughs> I'm it looking was- forward to seeing how they're going to end the sort of mid-season. Mm-hmm. See, are they going to end on a high, or are they going to fall on their faces? No, I think they're going to nail this. Like Frank came back, and mm-hmm. I was like, they're going to do the thing. This is this is what was making me so upset because I was like, you have this weird six episodes where nothing makes sense, and then like the. <laughs> First two are really great, and then the last two are really great. I just, I there's something I feel like Mock is gonna be like big boy, and they're gonna be like they're gonna be like slow mo walking down the street with like weapons, and I'm I'm so my body is so ready for this. <laughs> I have been waiting so long for them to right. do this sort of thing, yeah. like yeah, to be the Avengers, <laughs> just beat them, embody them, yeah, save the world, save the world. <laughs> and right like now we'll have a crew and like everyone can come out and play their part and do their thing um yeah yeah i'm so hyped. i'm sort of hyped for this i oh. hope it doesn't i hope it doesn't fall on its face sarah I, I it would really make me sad because i am so excited yeah. for it um and and this is the last episode going into this back half of the season like this is a pivotal episode it is you it know really- yeah. So, prayer circle, guys. <laughs> Definite prayer circle. Pray, pray for this show. Pray. <laughs> All right, you guys. Okay, so I think we've discussed everything that we can about this episode so far. If you, like our Anon today, would like to get into contact, you can do so. We have an email address. Welcome to Sleepy Hollow at gmail.com. You can leave us a message on Twitter. It doesn't have to be anon. Uh, 
our Twitter, sorry, our Tumblr is welcome to sleepyholler.tumblr.com with the number two instead of the word. And lastly, our Twitter is at WTSH podcast. Ladies, thank you for joining me. Nicole, especially, thank you. It was lovely to have you on. Thank you. This was so much fun. This was so much fun. Thank you so much. No problem. (laughs) We shall see you, um, probably, depending on how schedules work out, in a couple of days to discuss the finale. Ah, Well, the mid-season finale. Yeah, not the finale. finale. Not the finale finale. Let's not not get confused, because we still have another... Eight episodes after. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm so scared. I like. I'm scared, but I'm so scared. You're like eight, and I'm like, Jesus God. <laughs> All right. So we'll um, see you then. Thank you for joining bye. us. Bye. 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 bye.